0: What we heard in that passage from Isaiah was hope, hope. And hope is what surfaces when there is no hope. I'm about to create the new heavens and the new earth, that's hope. The reality was that the old earth wearing out. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, that's the hope. The reality, can we all just get along? Be glad and rejoice forever. That's the hope. The reality is malaise, a sadness. Hope is sometimes the only thing that keeps us going. Golf. They should rename the sport golf hope. There was a the slice, there was a the shank, there was the ball in the middle of the mangle of the roots just sitting there with that stupid smile on its face. It, it, you blade the ball, you, you three putt every, that's it. I'm selling my clubs. But then the sun sets, the sun rises, and there you are on the first tee, hope. It's crazy. I suppose we all have a folder somewhere in our brains or maybe in our hearts marked with the word hope. I see mothers and fathers on that first day of school here at the church, the weekday school. They have just dropped off their screaming bundles of joy to a complete stranger. And you can see in their eyes well, not every parent's eyes. Some of those parents, this is their third or fourth time around. They're just happy. They're going out for drinks later. They're, they're just excited about it. But that, that rookie parent, the rookie parent, you can tell. They're nervous, and they're searching in that folder in their heart for hope. I hope, I hope for my little one that it's going to be a good day. Hope is such a strange word. You can reach for the word when you really don't need hope. Hope can be an escape word. Do you know that? Your neighbor can call you up and say, can you all come over to the house next Friday? We've invited my brother over who's running for mayor and we've invited a few friends to come over. Well, right then and there, you can think of 121, 122, 123 reasons why you don't need to be doing that. Reasons like, I was planning to take the hair out of the bathroom drain. But you can't say that. So you say, well, we've got some things to do, but we hope to be there. (laughs) When you say, we hope to be there, You're not going to show up. Not on your life. Are you coming to the wedding? Well, we hope to be there. Just knock them off the list. They're not showing. It's nice to have a little folder in the brain that you can run to for those occasions. The prophet Isaiah cries out hope. Hope where there is no hope that can be good, Hope can be good, or hope can be abusive. It's a, such a strange word, hope. I, I, I think back some years now to that little boy named David. I don't think so much of David as I think of his father. There in the ball cap and the sunglasses on the soccer field, there he is yelling at every referee, yelling at the child on the opposing team, yelling at the child on his own team. Give the ball to David. Give the ball to... Ref, what's the matter with you? The father has hope because he believes that in the city of David, a savior has been born. David the messiah of the soccer world. The soccer field didn't have a goal with a net. The soccer field had just weeds for grass. But I swear that father thought he was at the World Cup. His son, the MVP, is that hope or is that delusion? I suppose that little David is all grown up now. I suppose he could be 30. I suppose, I hope. I hope he's wrapping up his World Cup career. But if he isn't, I hope his father hasn't said, my son never amounted, never amounted to much. Hope can be abusive. We can burden people with hope. We can lay hope on them. I heard someone say, we've got some real problems in this world. Our children are just gonna have to figure it out. They're our only hope. Is that true? Is that hope? Or are we just letting ourselves off the hook? We're just gonna keep on doing what we're doing. I can't think of a thing we can do. Our children just have to figure it out. I wonder, I wonder if generations have put that burden on the next generation and on the next generation on the next generation. I wouldn't want to be a prophet that puts hope so far off into the future that it frees us all from responsibility. We're just going to have to hope. You know, that's why we baptize babies. When we baptize babies, don't you know, there's all the hope in the world that the child will grow up in love and grace. That's what we hope. But it doesn't let us off the hook. There's real work to be done. Teach the child the faith. Do you, the church, promise to love and nurture this child? We don't say, well, we hope so. No. We do. We will. We live into hope, and hope takes work. It takes work. We're not into work. We're not into faith. We're not into hope. I just had it pointed out to me that there are license plates in Tennessee now. I I don't know if you noticed that. Some of them have In God We Trust on it. Some of them don't. Don't look at my plate. I guess I messed up. I don't have In God We Trust on my plate. But if you do, what does it mean? What does it matter? It takes a little belief to make it work. You can't be cursing in traffic when you got, in God we trust, on your plate. You can't be yelling at your neighbor, if in God we trust. The world can't be all about you, if in God we trust. Because trust me. Time and time again, God shows up in the least of these. God shows up in some of the most, well, some of the most least trustworthy people. (laughs) Why, they say, they say that one on the cross between the two thieves, do you know what they say about him? They say he's the son of God. I know God. I trust God. Let me tell you that the one on that trash heap is in God. To trust God, you have to have hope. And hope is what you have when you don't have anything else. And you can look at that hope and say, well, that's the stupidest thing in the world. and have no hope. Or you can look at hope and say, that's it. That's it. That's exactly what I need. I have hope. I met a man who came to the end of his life. He was on his deathbed when I met him. Well, that's not true. I met him before he was on the deathbed, but we were just exchanging pleasantries here and there throughout time. But then I really met him. I met him on his deathbed. Here was a man who accomplished everything in his life he ever set out to do, and much more. A very successful man. He was in my church, but aside from a check every once in a while, he wasn't really in the church. You know, some people write out a check to the church so that they can have, well, they can have the place for their daughter's wedding. They write a check out to the church, you know, once a year so that at least they have a venue for their funeral. It's true. It's not that they aren't good people. They do good things for lots of people. You don't measure a person by church attendance. So let's stop saying, where do you attend church? Let's start saying, where and how do you worship God? Now, that's an interesting question. I'm curious how it is you have your hope in God, your trust in God. If you answer that question, maybe your answer will help me. Maybe it'll be a hope for me. Anyway I digress. End of his life, a good man, but scared to death of death. And why not? Who knows anything about death? And when you're on your deathbed, that's all you think about, death, 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 death. He would wake up in the middle of the night and be filled with worry and angst. Worries are always magnified at night. He wanted some reassurance about life and death, wanted some reassurance about God, but what do you say? Well, you can come up with some doctrine to say, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do you believe that? You know, you can say that a thousand times at night until you believe it. Can you believe that? He knew the words. He loved the song. And yet, at the middle of the night, he wanted more than that. He wanted an answer. He wanted hope. So I said... I'd switch the subject. I didn't say I switched the subject. God said to me, switch the subject. And so I said to the man, tell me about your parents. And you should have seen his face. It just transformed the room right then and there. He just talked about a a father who is so very gentle, a kind man, a bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he would not quench, just a kind and gentle man. You could see it on his face, the love for his father. He talked about a mother who just pushed him and hoped for him. and And, and, and the reason why he is who he is is Well, it's because of mom. And his whole faith had transformed the room. It wasn't a a room of death. It was a room of of life. And so I, I, I switched the subject again. Well, I didn't switch the subject. God switched the subject. I said, tonight, when you wake up in the middle of the night, I want you to do what you just did for me. I want you to think about your mom, and I want you to think about your dad. I want you to think of every story you can think of, memory on memory, and I guarantee you, God's love, God's future, God's hope is in all of that, and peace peace fell upon that man right there, God's peace. You know, life, life can just take the life right out of you. Maybe you've felt that in recent years. (laughs) Maybe you felt it all your life and that's why you're here. I know people People, 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 people who are fighting depression, anxiety. I've thought a bit about that myself. Never experienced that before. And here I am a pastor. If anyone knows about hope, it's a pastor. But I can tell you this, that in the darkest time, I did not want to look too closely at hope. It's the only thing there, but I didn't want to look too closely at it for fear that it might disappoint, that it wouldn't mean a thing. Nothing. Some people, well, some women, went early one morning, taking some spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Nothing. And we had hoped, oh we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped that he was God. We had hoped. And then one said to another, and then another, And then another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. They said, he's alive. They said, nothing is impossible with God. They said, be glad and rejoice forever. And they became the body of Christ. It was a new thing that God was doing. It was a new thing, their love, their grace. And they just said it one to another, to another, to another, to another. They just didn't say it. They lived that hope out. If they didn't have anybody to love, well, now they had someone to love. He's alive. If they didn't have any money to pay the bills, now they had money to pay the bills because he's alive. If all they saw was darkness, now they saw some light because with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. Be glad and rejoice forever. Do you believe that? The power of the Holy Spirit hopes us into believing that, hopes us into living that. Rejoice and be glad forever.